check, check, mic check. Presented by on PulpMX.com, taking your calls and looking ahead to the races with your host, Steve Mattis. Yeah. Welcome, everybody. Thursday, noon, Pacific. That could only mean one thing. The Fly Race in Moto 60 show presented by NFAB comes in for the next hour. Lots of Atlanta Supercross talk. Atlanta 1, Atlanta 2. Coming up this weekend on the Monster Energy Supercross Series. Seven rounds down. Ten to go. It's crazy. 702-586-7857. You can call anytime. Uh, give us what, uh, send in your questions. Tell us what you think. Uh, ask us a question. Jason Thomas will join me. And uh, Chase Stallo from RacerX Online will also be joining me in the bottom half of the hour. Fly Racing Sector Boot. Have you guys heard about this thing? Torsion control system, slip-on inner booty, positive latch aluminum buckles. It's Fly Racing's entry into the premium off-road boot segment, and it's packed with all the features and technology you'd expect from every Fly Racing product. Black or white right now, and uh, fantastic boot, uh, like the upper end, the high-end boot, to, um, to really make your uh, fly gear stand out. And uh, So check them out at NFAB. Dress up your Jeep, truck, or SUV with the hottest-looking, hardest-working accessories, n-fab.com. Proud sponsors of the JGR Toyota team. Filthy Phil Nicoletti will be running an NFAB YZ450 uh, F uh, at the Nationals this summer. So good times indeed. Hey, thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Guess what? Just for listening, we're going to give away two tickets to Atlanta this weekend, courtesy of the folks at NFAB, and also a Fly 3-4 helmet, 160 bucks retail. It's got the EPS liner. It's got the, some vents for cooling, you know, the standard stuff. So, yeah, a helmet and some tickets, not a bad haul at all, right? Right? 702-586-7857. Hey, by the way, I'm Steve Mathis, uh, producing the show, taking your calls, handling everything behind the scenes, uh, trying to rig it so he maybe wins the helmet for himself. The Tits Legendary. Tits, what's up? Hello, Steven. How are you doing? Oh, man, it's a great week. Why? Don't you check down the W. It's always a good week. It's a good D. Yeah. I, I talked to him again after the race. Yeah. 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 Shook my hand. I look forward to Didn't that. Didn't say see you next week, but did shake my hand. No, he, he wasn't, uh, you know, a little. Uh, He's friendly, though. Yeah. He was friendly. Mm. We could have something going. You could. You, sh- you should. <laughs> you should. Yeah. Uh, he needed that win. Um, pulling away from Roxon again. Mm-hmm. Putting more points on him. I will tell you something. Yeah. I Tell not me something. completely, but I, I disagree with what you were saying about how you think that if Roxon would have started first, that it would have just been game over. Like Dungey wouldn't be able to catch him. Shocking! I th- the, I Ryan think Dungey, Dungey had, the Ryan Dungey super fan right. thinks that I was no. Wrong. That's why I'm going to take issue with okay. it. Uh, I won't hold it against you though. Um, I think Dungey. Not to say that I think Dungey would have won, but mm-hmm. I think that Dungey could have put up a better fight than Roxon did. Dungey just looked better on the course, in my opinion. 
So I, I, well, I, don't, I don't know that he would have won, yeah. but I do think that he would have put up more of a fight than Roxon would. Well, have. I did. Uh, I did say that. Uh, um, I I I looked. I said that. And yes. then looking at the lap times, Dunch did lay down some heaters that were yeah. faster than Kenny. Mm-hmm. So there is that. Kenny was Kenny did make up a little bit of seconds on him at one point, mm-hmm. um, but uh, Dunge motored away. So nah, maybe I wasn't correct. Okay, just that's yeah. all I wanted. Yeah, okay. just to admit that you're wrong, and then we can move on. Seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. Give us a call. Two pairs of tickets to Atlanta and a fly three four helmet. And let's get right to the calls. Oh, two guys hung up on us. Seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. Give us a call. So Atlanta to Atlantis. If you live in the Atlanta area, uh, give us a call. Tell us what you think of this two weekends, first time ever back to back for Atlanta Supercross. Is it going to work? Is it is it scary? Uh, uh, how's the attendance going to be? Um, you know, always, obviously, always one Atlanta always uh, does well and sells out and everything else. Um, but um, the second one a week after, how's that going to go? What do you think? Also, too, um, got ourselves brewing a 250 East uh, thing uh, series opened up uh, last week in Dallas, and uh, Marvin Muskan uh, took off. Man, the guy was on it. Won the heat race, fastest guy in practice, won the heat race, won the main event. Is he going to keep going? What do you think? Uh, who's going to challenge him? Uh, Justin Bogle got second, Joey Savacci third, and J- Jeremy Martin f- uh, fourth. So those are sort of all the guys we thought about that would be top guys that could challenge Marvin were, were really top four uh, in the race. Maybe Tonus. Can, Tonus was impressive in his first ever Supercross. He's kind of a wild card, but maybe he could do something. Um, so let us know what you think, 702-586-7857. I am curious to hear your thoughts on Atlanta, on the two Atlantas, like what you think. Are they going to do well? What's going to happen with that? And if you want to win the 3-4 helmet or the two Atlanta tickets, uh, we're just going to do the random random caller. Whatever, maybe ask a good question. You know, do something like that. Impress us. Do something to uh, make us want to give you the tickets or the 3-4 helmet from Fly Racing, and, uh, and we can do it. So, all right, uh, 702-586-PULP. Give us a call. First guest, uh, as usual, on the show, uh, the Jason Thomas. JT, what's up? What's going on? So two Atlantas. Have you heard? Uh, I, d- I think I saw a press release somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, two Atlantas. Okay. What do you think you of tell this? Tell me more. What do you think of this? How are they going to do? I think it's a good idea. Uh, I don't know if back-to-back is ideal, but right. I'm sure financially it's the best move for them. Uh, so I we'll don't see. know. Yeah. I, I'm, I personally think that, you know, they'll get maybe not exactly as good as attendance, but they'll probably still do fairly well at both. And with the saved money that they have of moving dirt and all that stuff, they'll mm-hmm. come out ahead. The I've got a couple people on Twitter that tell me that they're only, they, they live there, they love the Atlanta Supercross, and they're only going to one for whatever reason. Yeah, I would assume yep. that's a lot of people. Yeah. So I wonder how it's going to go. Like, Well, I mean, I think, uh, you know, from my VIP experience I do and talking to people that are going and dealers and all kinds of stuff um, in the different avenues I have in the sport, it seems like people are picking one or the other, not necessarily the first one. So I, I think it'll be okay. Um, I don't think we'll see 68 or 70,000 at each one, but I think we'll see 50 at both. You think, huh? Yeah. I think yeah, so. 50, yeah, I think yeah. Uh, people are – you know, Atlanta is such a regional event, um, and I think people will just – you know, whatever weekend is more convenient for them mm-hmm. on their own schedule, they'll end up going to that one. Do you think think that Florida, born and raised Florida, do people yep. f- and Florida supercrosses never work? Tampa, Orlando, Miami, wherever you put the supercrosses, they don't work. Daytona does. There's a whole bike week around it, and uh, 
it's def- since they opened up the tarmac, the attendance has been pretty good at Daytona. But generally speaking, Florida Supercrosses don't work. So do Florida people go to Atlanta? Absolutely they do, yep. But okay. you also get Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, uh, why, and okay, why did Indiana, you, Kentucky, all kinds of places. Why did Florida people not really support Florida Supercrosses? Like Orlando was a They go-to. do, but, but that's kind of what I was getting to. Is they do, but you're only getting North Florida. You're getting Florida and kind of maybe Southern Georgia, mm-hmm. but that's about it. So where Atlanta's getting the whole region, Florida's only getting Florida and maybe a tiny bit of elsewhere. So it's a little bit... You know, apples and oranges. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, it should be interesting to see. I mean, I have heard ticket sales aren't looking great for that second one, but not from nobody official. You know what I mean? It could be just, uh, you know, pit gossip or something or whatever. So, Yeah, uh, if any of you are home, ever take a look at all of the major state cities and states that are within three or four hours of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how much or how many people they can draw from all kinds of metro areas to get to that race. So that, that kind of explains why it's such a big deal. Alec, you want to talk about the two Atlantas? Yeah, I think it. Uh, I think it, it benefits, if it benefits anybody, it benefits the privateers because they just get to focus on that instead of having to drive across the country. Um. Yeah, I guess. I mean, there's better in the second round. Alec, there's not a lot of guys that drive across the country anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's um, getting fewer and fewer with, you know, yeah. privateer journey teams and stuff like that, or even helping out even more. Yeah, yeah. There's not a ton of dudes anymore on the road like there used to be. But I do see your point. Uh, you can, you can, you can. Camp down in, in the Georgia area, find some tracks to ride, and uh, you know, hopefully, cut down on your expenses as well if you're a privateer. So you, you make a good point. How do you think? The I think t- there are a few. This was 15 years ago. It would be a godsend for everyone. Oh yeah. Oh for sure. Yeah, we'd we'd all like, be down there. <laughs> Chisholm doesn't have to worry about his RV breaking down. No, that's a good point. Absolutely. He's there all week. <laughs> yeah. No, you got a point. Thanks, Alec. All right. Thanks. Thank you, uh, Brad. What's going on? You got an idea how to change up the series? Yeah, I do. I was wondering, uh, we run three Anaheims and two Atlantas, right? Yep. So, remember last year they did uh, they did like a triple crown type deal for the truck? Mm-hmm. What if you did a triple crown type of deal with the Anaheims and whoever did the best out of those three races kind of got some extra points and then you did the same thing with Atlanta? Well, it'd be great, but the only reason they ever did that is because a sponsor wanted to do it. You know what I mean? Um, they... They don't mind giving away a truck or a purse or anything else, but as long as it's not coming out of their pocket, I imagine they try to sell it to different sponsors and nobody wants to step up and do it. I, I don't mind it, though. Yeah, it's No, it's, I mean yeah. for points, though, not not, not well, money. Oh, okay. Points reward, uh, points. Sure. Yeah, I'd love to do it. Check, change anything up. Good luck trying to get these uh, these teams to all agree on anything. But, uh, no, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if like, doing, like, double points and stuff like that really I, – I think you'll get way, way too much negative feedback because it's – it just puts too much emphasis on one event. I think the, like Steve was saying, like the, you know, if they could get Vans or, you know, it used to be the Vans Triple Crown, stuff like that's cool, uh, like a series within a series. But changing up the championship structure for, you know, events like that, you're going to get a lot of pushback, I think. Let's not change anything. It's been 40 years, Brad. We don't want to change anything. No, that's not <laughs> what I said at all. You know, so. Thanks, Brad. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thank you. Uh, Dustin, you want to talk about, talk about Vic Holden? Yes, hi. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? Thanks for calling the uh, Fly Race and Moto 60 show. Good, thanks. Um, just had a, uh, with Vicky Golden, I know she was pretty far off the time last week, and uh, not that the track designers would really change up the track, but do you think they could do something to kind of cater to her, maybe make it a little closer in time, like maybe take down the Please, books a little no. bit? <laughs> Please, God, no. Don't do that. I'm, 
Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, I think they could, absolutely, Dustin. They could do something to make it easier for her. Whoops are the place where probably she struggles the most, where probably most I guys I will scream struggle. bloody murder if they do that. Just putting that out there now. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, thanks. Thanks, Dustin. Uh, thanks. Thanks. You, 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 will you lose it, JT? That, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I would not be happy. Let's just put it that way. I don't, I would get away with as much as I could without getting fired from all my jobs. Right, right. Hobo Nick, you what's can't up? do stuff like no, that. No, I agree. Hobo Nick, what, Nick, what's up? Yo, random side note before my question. Uh, I was just listening to Jim Rome show and Wes Kane, I guess, issued a statement on Vanilla Ice and they were reading it. But that was kind of funny. Oh, yeah, anyway. Well, that should be, um. That's pretty funny, actually. That's pretty mainstream. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my question, if uh, PC Cowie may be courting Tomac for next year, is that Hans' ride that he, he's going to be taking? Is Wilbur on a one-year deal? I don't know what Wilbur's on for for. Did you say for, PC Cowie? Uh, um, or Monster Cowie? Monster or Cowie. Whatever, yeah, just, yeah, I just wanted to make sure. I, I knew what you were talking about, but I wanted to make sure we had it for everyone else. Yeah. Um, hey, but honestly, you know what I have heard, JT? I have heard that the Cowie factory team could be going away. I've really heard that from somebody that might know. But I'm not putting really? any. Yeah, they just said like, Mitch could be running everything. I don't know. Who know? Who know? Again, I'm just putting that out there. It's I don't. A crazy I rumor. don't personally see that happening. I mean, anything's right. possible. Right. But, but yeah, uh, I anyways, um, I I think uh, Hobo that uh, um, Tomac's the hottest guy in, in the pits right now for a contract wise. So, Monster Monsters is sponsor of the series. They can't be too pumped with what's going on right now. Uh, JT, you've already think you already think think that he would go. To Monster I would be super, super surprised if that is not uh, at some level of negotiation. Whether he does it, who knows, because we had him all over the place at RCH and Monster yeah. Cali and all kinds of places before. But if they're not talking right now, I'd be shocked. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, the other two guys I was kind of looking forward to is Musquin. I, I can't imagine DeCoster letting Musquin get off at of KTM. And then... uh I'm hearing Bogle's really, really fast on a 452, so I'm kind of interested to see where he lands. Yeah, uh, couldn't uh, you see? Couldn't you see um, Tomac leaving for Cowie and Bogle taking Tomac's spot as a 450 Geico guy? I well, could for sure. I don't yep. think Geico would willingly let Tomac go, but you can't hold him at gunpoint either. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, for sure. You know they have Bogle kind of waiting in the wings there. You know mm-hmm. he's going to get a spot at Honda, I think, either way somewhere. Mm-hmm. Is the way he's riding, so that would be the easy fill-in for sure. But yeah. guarantee you, they're not letting Tomac go without a fight. And it is interesting about Muscan because Dino's got another year, and of course Dunn just staying there. So yeah, maybe they'll put three four fifties on. You know, maybe they'll... don't forget about BTO has factory KTM's as well. So yeah, there you go. They you could put... fund him over cool. there. They could put him over there exactly. So thanks, Hobo. Right, thanks, guys. Have a good show. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Still looking to give away two tickets to Atlanta and a fly three four helmet. Will, what's going on? Yeah, just wondering when uh, when it'd be time to hit the panic button for Barsha. Uh, I know his year hasn't been, you know, that stellar. Well, just wondering what's your opinion. He's in the nurse button that. right now. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think it, I mean you know he's been out for two races. He's going to miss probably two to three more. Let's see, you know, give him a race or two when he comes back to get up to speed. At this point, I can't really hit the panic button for a guy who's injured. Uh, Will you know? But. I mean, certainly before he got hurt, yeah, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't, you know, it wasn't going great. So, um, you think his style is just not uh, working with the 450? You know, I just, like, I, uh, I just think uh, it worked well with the 250. But I know DV DV thinks that uh, you got to give him more time. I think before you'd hit any button, but now he's hurt, it kind of resets to zero a little bit. JT, you've been there as a pro racer. 
He's going to miss. When, when Barsha comes back, he'll have missed four to five races. Tough to jump back in. Yeah, I just think it depends on how much time from when he starts riding again to when he races. That, that would be the biggest factor to me. If he started riding today and then started racing again in three weeks, no big deal. Mm-hmm. Like, he'll be maybe better than he was. Uh, but if he, you know, doesn't ride for four weeks and rides for three days in races, yes, you will definitely see a little bit worse version than when he left. Um, it'll come back quickly, but it won't be exactly the same guy. That, you know, you can't sit off your bike for a month and then ride for a couple of days and show up and be the same guy. Yeah. All right, thanks, Will. Thanks. Thank you. So, yeah, it should be interesting to see how he does once he gets back, you know? Um, yeah, I think, like I said, I just think it'll depend on the time frame. And, and they're not going to tell us when he's riding or anything like that. We'll just have to, you know, yeah. sort it out and kind of sift through the the PRs because, you know, according to the the word we got, he was fine and thinking about racing San Diego, you know, and that was yeah. obviously not true. So Yeah, I don't I, I think it I think it was just true, but they found some things out. I don't know. I don't yeah, think they were. I, I, I have my own opinion. I don't think that was ever going to happen. Right, I don't think right. he was ever going to race San Diego. That's my personal opinion. Right. Uh, hey, Atlanta coming up this weekend. Um, look at the track map. Long start again. Uh, two triples, which is ridiculous, but whatever. Um, looks like a split lane whoop section a little bit. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that thing? I honestly, looking at it, um, it looks so much like Dallas it minus uh, triples. Um if you move the triples around, it's exactly like Dallas. Yeah. Uh, the same, same layout. The, uh, you know, the, the, the one triple next to the start straight is moved um, to after the start, basically. But mm-hmm. the rest of it, you know, it's just moving the jumps around. But all the turns are in the same spots. All the, yeah. the layouts are entirely the same. So we'll see. I wasn't really thrilled when I saw that. But, you know, they can, if they change the rhythms and change the whoop, layout and all that stuff they can mm-hmm. make it feel different i was just kind of like really the same thing don't you feel don't, don't, don't you feel like with that split lane like the guys will go on the inside um to miss the two outside jumps and then they'll move over to the left and just hit like they're just going to split it to make it fast you know what i mean because there won't yeah i wrote that um that i was wondering what they're going to do there if they're going to put markers or hay bales there because this situation is very typical for europe where they do the split lane thing and all we do is jump across yeah you basically jump in and out to to make your own line for what's convenient for you. Mm-hmm. So the problem is when you put tough blocks in there, which I misspoke and said hay bales, but it would be tough blocks, you make the track crazy narrow then because mm-hmm. you have a 12-inch tough block taking up, you know, that yep. part of the track. So I'm, ho- I'm reserving judgment on it. I don't really think that the split split lanes work. I'm mm-hmm. not a big fan because I think it turns into one faster line and everyone's just jockeying for that one line. But... Uh, we'll see. You know, I I just think it turns into one six foot line instead of you know one mm-hmm. a, a bigger twelve to fifteen foot line uh, that everyone could possibly get side by side on. Hard pack Atlanta dirt now, people. Gets pretty hard, pretty slippery. Not like yeah, it used to be. It depends. You know, I've seen it both ways. It's gotten harder and harder as the years have gone on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think for sure, no question, without a doubt, the second Atlanta will be one of the hardest pack Atlantas we've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Um. So, hey, Tomac is 38 back, uh, Ryan Dungey right now. Okay. With three guys to jump, obviously. Uh, Weech thinks he's done. Is he out of this? Weech says so. Wow. Weech also made a a grown woman quit Twitter this week. He did. He did. He's having a hell of a week. He's on on a roll, really, right now. He is. Um, I don't think he's out of it, but he needs help. Uh, He can help himself by winning races and winning a lot of them. Mm Mm-hmm. 
But the way things have been going, his starts have been erratic, and I know you took a lot of heat for that, but there's no other way to put it. His main event starts have been erratic. Uh, and those other guys are going to have to help out. You know, Dungy's going to have to crash. Roxon's going to have to crash. Uh, and Tomac's going to have to win. You know, that's the scenario. There is no other way to do it. The problem he faces is that not only, you know, with a Chad Reed or James Stewart, those guys, they needed help from one guy. Uh, Tomac needs help from two, maybe three to really make this thing feasible. And that's just not a very likely scenario to me. I don't see DNFs from all three of those guys, and that's kind of what he needs. Um, yeah, he kind of does, right? He needs some help. Uh, I got a, a, I got a, a text from somebody in the Team 2-2 camp saying I'm, I'm making too big of a deal of this Tomac-Reed thing, talking about it. Um, obviously, Tomac-Reed slammed Tomac in San Diego. Uh, Tomac went to go get him back, went down. Chad made some comments after the race. This weekend, Tomac made sure to finish finish his pass all the way. Some of those Team 2-2 people were looking for a black flag on Twitter, which is kind of ridiculous. But wh- how is, is this anything? Are we is this anything to talk about media wise? Are we blowing this up too much? I don't think so at all. Did you say that Tomac's people or 2-2 people? Team 2-2. Yeah, I, I I think that it is very justified to talk about. I really do. Um, the first incident, you know, was it was what it was. Um, Chad made his feelings known, feelings known, tends to it. Then we saw what happened this weekend. Um, and obviously all the drama that unfolded after that on social media and off. I don't think we've, you know, pushed the push past the, the expected response at all. I, I'm fully, fully, uh, expecting more of it. If they're anywhere near each other, do you, do you feel like that Chad's let it go? Cause I don't. That's my personal opinion. He, I haven't talked um, to him about it, but I don't think he's over well, it or past it or just like, ah, whatever. I know I'm I pretty. I think he's fully <laughs> looking for a spot to kind of repay the favor. I know him pretty well, as you do, as do you. And yeah, I, I, I don't think he just lets this thing go. You no. know, um, I, what what does he have to lose at this point? Right. Well, you but know. I mean, you know, if you're if you're Tomac, if you're one of his people, you're saying, hey, this is just a just a block pass that you know. Went wrong. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I understand. Know. But and, I, and that happens. Tomac had intentions. He knew what he was doing. He did it for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I, just as you said, we both know Chad very well, and that's not going to go over mm-hmm. all that great. I promise you. So and uh, and whether they even see each other in a race situation this weekend, that's anybody's guess. Because if they don't see each other, then nothing happens, and maybe it starts to die down. Mm-hmm. But if they do, I fully expect fireworks. Right. Maybe the black flag will be out. It could. Certainly could. I, I, a scenario where Chad gets a line on Tomac and knocks him down and John Gallagher says, ha watch this. Fully could see that. Oh, oh, my God. Can you imagine? Hey, congratulations to Jonathan. He won the ATL tickets. Did he not have question tits? Did he? He just won the tickets? Yes. Okay. Courtesy NFAB, n-fab.com. Giving uh, Jonathan two tickets to Atlanta 1, or as I like to say, Lana 1. That's what we need to say, JT. Lana 1, Lana 2. I, I, I'm not on board with that sorry okay well go ahead and waste your time saying at atlanta go ahead waste your, I, waste your time i feel like i can spare the time okay all right hey uh weston pike uh came back last weekend after uh missing a few weeks with foot injury came back now he's got a torn mcl uh the mcl is a ligament that runs alongside your knee uh from uh obviously right alongside straight up and down what's that like have you done one what's it gonna be like for him on the track where is he gonna feel it well, anything with knee ligaments is, is stability. Um, the pain, depending on how his meniscus is, 
it probably won't be too terrible. It's just really stability and, and whether, uh, you know, the ACL is worse, but if it'll stay in the joint, because that's what you always lose is stability, and then it wants to, to dislocate and pop right back in and, mm-hmm. and all the issues that go on there. So assuming he can keep, um, you know, stabilizing, get swelling down and do all those things, I don't see too much of an issue. Uh, but like I said, he's, you know, he's really tough, and um, I don't think he'll fully know until he gets out there and starts dabbing it and sticking it, you know, because when you lose the front end and put it in the dirt and stuff, that's when it really tests it. Yeah. And he probably hasn't done that yet, so he probably doesn't even know the full extent of it yet. But if you're going to race with a, 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 a ligament that's not in great shape, the MCL is certainly not the worst one. Would you, no, would no, ACL is really? yeah. worse. ACL is the real stabilizer. Yeah. Uh, but still, it's going to cause some issues for him regardless. Right. You know, Maybe it doesn't show up in the results, but he'll be dealing with it all, all weekend, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, let's go to uh, Jason. Jason, what's going on? Thanks for calling a fly race in Moto 60 show. No problem, man. What's your question? Uh, I was just curious if uh, if you guys know if the AMA have talked to Reed and Tomac about their little incident, and if so, if they're going to have a closer eye watching them too going forward. I have no idea if they have or not. I'm sure the team managers have all talked about it uh, with the AMA, and I'm sure they'll be watching, but I don't know officially what it's gone. But I do know that both team managers or team people have approach the AMA, finger pointing at the other rider, saying that they're they're mother effers and they need to be uh, penalized. So, gotcha. Yeah. So interesting to see this weekend. Uh, what yeah, goes I on. was at both San Diego and Dallas, so oh, okay. I've seen both those two go down. So yeah. So we'll see what happens. Thanks, Jason. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, Jesse. What's up, man? Hey, uh, just a question for you guys about social media. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wondered, do you guys think that? it sometimes plays more of a negative effect on some of the riders than a positive effect. Maybe like, for instance, Vicky Golden, all the pressure and hype she was getting social media or like the read commenting or making comments or whatever. Do you think that reflects negatively more so than positively? Uh, what do you think, JT? Just uh, the Vicky Gold comments, how it reflects or Social on media those. in general for riders. Social media, I think it's a really valuable tool. It's a dangerous tool. Um, I think it's a positive overall because you get so, so, so much exposure from it. But And I don't think we see it too much in our sport, but if you look at NFL or Major League Baseball, these guys really, really kind of mess up sometimes. They just don't have any filter at all. Uh, so it can certainly hurt you, but if you're smart about it, uh, it's really valuable. Uh, I know companies like ours, we use it extensively to market products and market riders and we love it when they do that with our products so overall it's for sure okay. a plus so like for on the flip side then so someone like dean wilson and it, and i don't know maybe i'm wrong but it seems like in the sport it seems like if you're out of sight you're kind of out of mind type deal mm-hmm. well he posts a picture of him winning you know the championship or on the podium holding the number one plate years ago and now he's out is that like a sort of hey don't forget about me guys i'm not out of sight out of mind i'm still here a past champion yeah probably for sure, and I think it's he's almost posting it for himself, too, because he's just, when you're hurt like that, especially for a guy that's been hurt as much as he has, he's trying to remind himself that he has done this and can still do it, and he's trying to, you know, raise his own self-esteem. Build his own confidence so, off of that, basically. Yeah, I think it's I think it's for, him, for his own good as much as everyone else, because it, this, this sport's so mental, and it's, such a only as good as your last race mentality from so many people out there. So 
Uh, I, I saw it and kind of completely understood where he's coming from just because he will be back, and once he gets out there and puts in a good result again, it'll be like he was never gone. So it's right. just a tough time. But in the meantime, it's much like the out-of-sight, out-of-mind type deal. Yeah, it's always yeah, like for that. Sure. Yeah. The, the good thing for him is he has uh, he has deals in place and, and is at least getting paid well while he's hurt. You know, that does, I'm sure it doesn't make it completely better, but it could be worse. Right. I promise you that. Gotcha. Cool. All right, guys. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks. Mario, what's up, man? Yo, what's up, guys? How are you? Thanks for calling. Hey, uh, talking about the, the hit list of guys you just went through as far as injuries go, uh, discussing the track. I guess my question would be, Steve, if you were put in charge instead of going to be a hockey announcer. Right, which is happening, by the way. comes out yeah. of um, retirement, and you guys were the new Feld crew. Mm-hmm. Um, many bench racing, would you, what would you do? The technical tracks are pretty cool. The racing's much tighter. There's a better safety factor. And I know the 450s and amount of power that they're making, if you limit it to it. You know, 250, maybe a 400, 380. You know, what are your thoughts about that? Because it's always the injury list every year and the track's being so fast. Mario, I like this question. Do you want to win a fly helmet before oh, we love before we go helmet. even any further? This is a terrific question. Because it, you know why? Because it allows me to be in charge. Uh, so you're going to win a 3-4 helmet courtesy of Fly Racing. 160 bucks EPS liner, uh, cooling vents all over the thing. And JT, the 3-4 helmet is a, is a good seller for you guys? Yeah, it's uh, it's basically our um, official, you know, lowest cost entry into having a DOT and Snell helmet. Um, it's got both. So yeah, on there's it, perfect. Yeah, yeah. It's, if if you're looking for something that's got a Snell rating, basically this would be the perfect thing for you. Uh, we have a kinetic version that's 109.95 below that, but um, this would be a little bit more race ready for you. There we go. All right, Mario. Um, Thank you, guys. Appreciate uh, it. Just stay on hold after we hang up. Uh, honestly, Mario, if, I, if you're waving the magic wand and I'm in charge, I'm making this sport, and please stay with me here because I, I don't really like NASCAR, but I'm making it more like NASCAR. I am going to limit the bikes, maybe put them all on 250s. Uh, you know, this is the highest end series. This is the F1 of racing motorcycles, off-road motorcycles. This is the... Uh, um, uh, indie car this is so so yes the bikes are not what you they're not going to be exactly what you can buy in the showroom which could cause a problem right. but there's no doubt the switch to 454 strokes has hurt the sport of supercross i don't know about motocross I, that that's a different deal and i think that's okay but there's no doubt that the, the stadium designs the the dirt whatever they're doing the bikes are way too fast for what's going right. on. And, 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 Steve, the point is, I mean, you look at NASCAR, and that's a good good reason you bring that up. Look at the difference in the series. You know, each car is restricted, you know, mm-hmm. and the list goes on. There's, what, five different yeah. series? With yeah, I mean, car? It, it's going to cause an issue with the OEMs. They're not going to be pumped on it, and I don't know exactly how to. Maybe you just put them on 250Fs, which kind of makes it harder for privateers to compete. The technological advantage gets even higher, but... Uh, that's what I do. I do. Uh, maybe you give out an ECU. Maybe you do something with gearing. I don't know. But, uh, uh, uh you know, this is far-fetched because the AMA is not in any shape or f- to do anything like this anytime soon. But there's no doubt that 450s have hurt supercross racing. JT, what do you think? Yeah. I don't really think it's mattered for injuries. When I raced 252 strokes and everybody was on 252 strokes, there was all kinds of people hurt and laying, laid out and going to the hospital and all kinds of stuff. So my personal opinion is it doesn't matter. Uh, if they're supercross jumps and people are jumping triples and quads and blitz and whoops and 
all kinds of stuff, people are going to the hospital. That's yeah, just how just, it's going to be and how it always was I, and how uh, it will be moving forward. I looked at the, uh, not too long ago, I looked at the 1998 Las Vegas final main, main and I remember because my rider Birdwell made the main event. JT, you probably did too. Me too. There yeah. were three factory riders in that race. Yogi, McGrath, and I want to say Albie or somebody. And I remember standing there in the mechanics area going, this is a privateer main event. Yeah, so who are I, all these guys? Yeah, so I went back and looked at, at it through the vault, and literally, yeah, three or four factory riders uh, at that final race. And this was all 252 strokes, you know, all, all that's totally right. So, anyways. Well said, well said. I mean, I, I think I would do something, though. Uh, maybe uh, the whole track designer crew needs to be replaced and a fresh eye, more dirt brought in, Mario, to, to, to maybe change the layout of the tracks. Right. To help it, but as we stand now, yeah, it's 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 not great with these forty-four strokes because they are just coming out of the turns and you know going three-three, make a right, four-three, make a right, yeah. you know, finish line. In the past few several races, were all I mean, the, the, you know, if you look back at some of the heat races, I mean, they were epic heat races and and great racing um, with those style tracks. Yeah. No. Also, too. Um, People, the, the sport of supercars has never been more um, uh, mastered or perfected because, you know, dudes are now riding supercross tracks when they're 10 years old, 15 mm-hmm. years old. They grew up on supercross tracks. That never happened before. And, JT, the, you probably practiced at Hard Rock at times to get ready for supercross, you know? Yeah, I don't think I rode my first supercross track until I was uh, 16. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, nowadays, it's, that's you know, they come right into pros as, you know, supercross warriors. So... Uh, the riders never been better. The bikes have never been better. So let's try to make something to adjust. So Mario, all right, thanks. A uh, good question. We can go on forever for that. Can you stay on I hold? Know, I know. I'll see you guys in New Jersey. Thank you. All right, sounds good. Mario, seeing, seeing us in New Jersey, that's odd. I think it's I think it's hearts in the right place, but you know the 450 thing. But then if you look at the 250 class, I'm not sure if you watched the C practices from Arlington. Mm, I did. Uh, yeah, that was a triage unit basically in motion out there. Yeah, but what does that have to do with anything? What are you what are you getting at? The bikes are way slower. Didn't keep anybody healthier. Oh yeah, injuries, right, injuries wise. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I don't go with the injuries, but I do think the the caliber of racing has uh has been uh never more boring, never more unexciting than it is nowadays. Uh, maybe. Guys, maybe but guys if you don't... look if you go back to two eighty two strokes, I mean Ricky and Jeremy and those guys were just running away. There wasn't any battles. Well, no, nah, I know, but those are two all timers, you know what I mean, in the sport. Right. Like all time greats. I know what you're saying though, absolutely. I, I stood I stood in the mechanics area many times watching twenty five second leads. Um, right. um but I just feel like, you know, you, you you could make mistakes on a two stroke easier and then you couldn't do the jumps and then That's true. that would I, I agree make with more that. Passing. I've seen like Weston Pike basically case his way through a whole rhythm section and never slow down. <laughs> right, right. And and suspension's never been better either. You know right. what I mean? So, absolutely. Um, all right, Corey wants to talk about Vicky Golden. Corey, what's up? No, Clinton. Clinton, what's up? Hey, Steve. Um, speaking of these bike size issues, there's one question I have that maybe you could enlighten me just from a historical perspective, but there's one good thing I feel like with, with the modern 450 is that when in Supercross history has someone who's the, the size and weight of like a Weston Pike been able to be so competitive? Uh, I'm not that old, so, you know, all the champions that I know of basically start at McGrath and go on, and none of those guys were exactly big. Uh, and I just feel like 
the modern 450 allows people that are, you know, six foot two plus and that weigh well into the 200s, uh, they can still be just as competitive, not at such a disadvantage. I don't so, think. Am I wrong on that? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, uh, Pike's not 200. Um, okay. But, I mean, Mike Bell was six foot four, won a Supercross title in 1980. Travis Preston, Travis Preston on a 125. won the 125 title, and he's a six foot two, six foot three. Um, there's certainly been you, you have a totally good point that the the bikes, the size of the person matters less nowadays with 454 strokes. You're absolutely right. I think the but, 125 and the 250 250F is a huge. That's a it's a very valid point for those bikes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah for sure. So um, yeah, and I, I know what you're saying, um, but. Hey, it is what it is. Weston Weston isn't uh, 200 pounds, though. Weston's probably, what do you think, JT, 180? I think he's probably about 185 now. Yeah. He used to be 200, for yeah. sure. Yeah, So. Okay. All right. Um, uh, and just for JT, I mean, would it matter if, in order to slow the tracks down, if maybe they started putting the first jump of a rhythm section out of a corner, I mean, right at the the inside marker of the corner, or do you think we'd still end up seeing kind of the same thing? It would all just kind of just give it more gas and it wouldn't yeah, matter. I, I think, I think uh, changing up, just completely thinking outside the box of the way the tracks are built would be a good start. Because if you look at the tracks now, it's, it's really just a variation of every other jump. There's really mm-hmm. nothing just completely different. You know, we don't, we don't ever do that. And I'm sure they have their reasons why they don't, but I think doing some of the walls, like they had in in Dallas, that slows it down quite a bit. Uh, just overall adds length to the to the lap time. But I really think a completely revolutionary look at how that they approach the tracks could do some good. You know, we don't have to have uh, a 65 foot triple, you know, on both sides of the track or whatever. There's just all these templated tracks that are the exact same, just moved around a bit. And I think it's you know I don't think it's the end of the world, but I think it could add something to it for the guys that race every single weekend and, and the guys that are real hardcore fans that watch every single race. It's a lot of the same. It really is. I think that part of it's stale. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, right, thank you. Thanks. Yeah. It's uh, I, I, yeah, it's, I, I, I would shudder to think the AMA would be in charge of regulating uh gearing or an ECU or, or whatever, because they have a hard time catching stuff now. But I'd like to see some sort of mods done to these bikes to bring the racing tighter and more and closer together. I know it goes against everything that uh, you know the, the Japanese are going for, which is uh, competitiveness and, uh, and, and showing that their bike that they sell on the dealer floors is the best bike out there. But they're already a shell of what they sell. So why not go further, JT? So. Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, getting into any of that stuff, I don't think we have the – the infrastructure for that <laughs> I, I really don't um you know MotoGP does stuff like that with you know they yeah. have a spec gas and they have yeah. they're hello yeah i'm here oh uh they're they're moving into uh spec ecu next year yeah that everyone runs 
we're, we don't have anywhere near know, the technicians I or I know, I know. just we're nowhere near that. How about I, what? I don't even think we could pull it off. One time the AMA uh, was checking swing arms and they were using a, a Home Depot tape measure to measure it, the swing arm. Yeah, we, we're just so far from anywhere close to that, <laughs> being able to pull that off or regulate <laughs> or it or do, even. Or do anything. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, it's a pipe dream to even think we could do that. But, we, but we're on the level of MotoGP. We should be. On I the agree. Level of MotoGP. I, I, it's sad right. that we can't, right. but I'm, I'm realistic enough to know that yes. we're so far from that, it's not even worth talking about. <laughs> I know. As I was saying all that, I started thinking in my brain, what am I thinking? Who's going to yeah. do this? Who's paying for these people to go? You know, the, your mom's going to sc- enforce it. Your mom's a score, and she probably gets her travel and like 100 bucks paid for. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, it's not great. Like, like, I don't, like that's where we're at. Like, we should have yeah. this massive in- infrastructure of, of, uh, of, uh, of scores and electronic people and technicians, all with a sanctioning body to, to you know, make sure everything runs smooth and check everything. But we don't. Could you imagine if they ran a spec fuel, the AMA in its current form trying to regulate right. and enforce uh, like a factory team like right. Honda with HRC behind it that they could tinker with gas and make it better and change yeah. things? Yeah, or, right. Or, or an ECU that they dish yeah. out. And then right. they'd throw it in a Tupperware container, and it, it goes home to Ohio with somebody, and then they lose them or they get smashed. <laughs> um, well, just know. think about them trying to make sure that a, a manufacturer like Cali or Honda or anybody on the cutting edge of technology couldn't go inside it and manipulate it how they wanted it. Yeah. yeah I, there's just no way we're yeah. set up to do that. It's just not not in the cards right now. <laughs> All right. We could go on and on. Before we let you go, uh, the Fly Racing Sector Boot, uh, it's Fly Racing's entering the premium off-road boot segment. Uh, torsion control system for your ankle, positive uh, latch aluminum buckles. It's got the booty, uh, like some of the other popular boots out there, and uh, this thing is high-end. How's it? Uh, what's the reaction to the uh, Sector Boot, JT? It's just launched. It's been really good. You know, uh, the feedback from both dealers and consumers that have worn it and tried it, um, they seem to really like it. You know, with any new product like this, we're just trying to get awareness and get the word out there right now. So um, that's kind of my job and my goal as long as our, as well as our marketing department mm-hmm. is just spreading the word because with a, a new product and the timing that we launched it, it's, it's not always the easiest thing to do. So uh, we're still working at it, but it's, it's been great so far. Tits would like to know the grade of aluminum used in the, in the buckles. He's very... The great. <laughs> He's very. very uh, and the rubber, yeah, I, the I honestly don't know. Oh, I know the, the handlebar, all the handlebars. Kind of you I have to know, there. but I don't know what that. I don't he know also wants that. to know about the soles and, and where they're made and what plant and everything. So, um, tits. Tits Jeez. is probably more worried about his own soul. <laughs> and it's <laughs> good point. What this show is doing to it. Good point. All right, Jason Thomas. Thank you, uh, Fly Racing Zone. Jason Thomas. See you. See you, Atlanta. Atlanta. Atlanta one. See ya. Atlanta. Yeah, I'll be there. Atlanta. See ya. Right. <laughs> see ya. Uh, next guest, uh, n-fab.com, by the way, giving uh, out some tickets to uh, Atlanta this weekend. So thanks to, uh, I don't know who won it. Jonathan. Jonathan won that. And then uh, Mario won the 3-4 helmet from Fly Racing. Let's get our next guest on the line. He is from RacerX Online. Uh, he's also probably one of my bosses. Chase Stallo, what's up? Yeah, what's going on? I think you're my, one of my bosses. You probably are. Everyone's. Yeah, I mean, technically. Sure. I don't Why, think not? I have. Why not? Yeah, um, who knows? We'll uh, go with that. Are you still angry that uh, I'm in front in the Racer X Moto Dynasty Fantasy League? Man, my, my fall has been tough, man. It's, uh, <laughs> I was falling top, and then it's just just hasn't gone in, man. I'm all the way back to fourth. We each passed me. I don't know uh, you're ridiculous. Regroup, so who's in second? Who's in second? Jordan? 
Uh, yeah. And well, and the sad thing is, I even write the fantasy preview, so yeah. hopefully nobody follows what I say. <laughs> yeah, really, right? Hey, uh, um, I don't want to say Atlanta one, Atlanta two, so I'm just gonna say Atlanta one, Atlanta two. How's that? I kind of like uh, A one East. Or A1 East. That's ridiculous. A1 East. That's that's even dumber than Lana. I don't like Lana. No. Like hot Lana 1? No, something? just Lana. Well, see, that's my area, man, so it's definitely not Lana. Yeah, Lana 1, Lana 2. No, Done. nobody from that area says Lana. Well, I'm going to start ridiculous. it. I'm going to start it now. Uh, you can start it, but it's it's wrong. I'm going to start it and finish it. Hey. Okay. Are, are two Lanas in a row going to work? I don't know. It'll be interesting. I mean, because well, the thing is that Atlanta always brought was people from everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, before there wasn't a New York, and now there is. So that's going to take away. I mean, it brought people from Ohio. I mean, everywhere. I remember when I was in college, I would make the five-hour drive there every year. Um, that was just what everybody from the South did was go to Atlanta. There was no other really big race. Uh, I mean, you had, like – Tampa and Orlando a couple of years, but you know, that's not the same. That's way down in Florida. So I, I don't know. I mean, will people come twice? I, I don't know. I guess we're about to find out. Um, yeah. I think the crowds will be great. I just don't know if we're going to get back to back sellouts. Um, but I think, you know, if they got 60,000 this week and 40,000 next week, they'd probably be pretty stoked on that. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. It'll be, uh, I think it'll be okay. I don't think, I don't think both sell out. I don't see any how any any way both sell out like they used to. I, I don't either, especially when there's no break in between. If you right. had like you know, if you went to Atlanta and then you know Charlotte, yeah. St. Louis, and then back to Atlanta, maybe. But man, that's and back to back is going to be be tough to get two sellouts. But yeah, absolutely, I don't know. We'll see. Hey, let's talk a little bit two fifties for you. Uh, two fifty East series opened up in Dallas. Um, Muskin winning was probably the least surprising thing of the night. What was the most surprising to you? I think Tonus, right? Um, yeah. I, I thought it would, you know, I thought it would take a couple rounds, man, and he just came out firing, um, pushed Muskin all the way to the end. Yeah, his main one that good. I think he went down, but I mean, you never know. Some of those Euro guys, it's either you're going to get the Porcel type or mm-hmm. the type that just doesn't ever adjust. Um so I think he was a big surprise. Um, Savaki was a little bit of a surprise. Um, really? Okay. He hadn't yeah. ridden. Yeah. Well, he hadn't ridden that much. Um, and, you know, back in when he won Rookie of the Year, I guess in 2013, yeah, he was good, but he wasn't podium good. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was, you know, eighth. I think his best was like a fifth or something. So um, he was good right off the bat. And then um, – you know, I thought the rookies were really good too. Um, five rookies made the main, so right. that was pretty impressive. So, you know, it should have been a six because uh, uh, Nick Gaines is fast. He is. I actually talked to him this week. Uh, I saw that your profile, um, just about the crash, and you know, he's a good old good old boy from Georgia, man. So, um, but man, he was. Uh, I think he was a big surprise too. He was. He was good, uh, yeah. He, he, you know, he almost landed on freeze, just about killed freeze, and then uh, was all alone in the LCQ and crashed. So, I would look for Nick Gaines to be in the main event this week. Yeah, I think so. And what's more surprising, I guess, the question now is like, how high can you get? Um, you know, I mean, is he a fifteenth to tenth place guy? I mean, I guess we'll kind of find out. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, he was he was one of the bigger surprises I thought as well. Uh, Kyle Peters getting tenth—that's a surprise. 
Solid ride by him. Yeah, man, and if he could have just figured out those whoops, I think he was good everywhere else. Um, from what I saw, he was just kind of getting – that's where he was losing a lot of time. Um, everywhere else, though, he seemed he seemed on par with just about everybody else. So um, that was good, especially after a rough year he had last year. Um, it's good to see him back up there as well. And then, you know, we had Freeze was good, um, LeMoyne. Mm-hmm. Freeze. You see uh, LeMoyne's ankles? Yeah, his practice crash. Yeah, so that was even more impressive. So. Yeah, um, um, Freeze is is a little underrated. And look, he's got a lot of people in the pits that aren't fans of his riding, and uh, and you know he's kind of a let's say the villain of the series or whatever in a way. Uh, but man, this is now the third year in a row that Freeze has just gone out there on a bike that's probably good, but not on par with the guy he's racing on. The guy he's racing, the guys around him that he's racing. And, uh, again, he he did well this weekend and could have died in the heat race and still put it in there. Yeah, and it, he kind of seems like he has the, the Weston Pike thing from a couple of years ago where no matter how good Weston did, nobody wanted to hire him um, for whatever stupid reason there was. Yeah, I mean, is Vince the, the nicest guy on the track? No, it's, you know, but that's not his job. Um, you know, I've talked to Vince a lot, and he's always been nice and cordial with me. So, um you know, maybe he's not when he's on the team, but from as far as I know, I don't think that's the problem either. So it seems like, yeah, he just has a kind of a, a bad word about him. He just can't get rid of it no matter how good he rides. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. man, he but, is but he's like, good, right? Yeah, I mean, he went – I think people forget he was fourth in points the year before he before last year when he got third. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and this year he – I mean, I could see him up there at least – fifth um so i mean you know it's just mm-hmm. it's kind of sucks for him that he's got that bad rap but you know i guess that's good that uh you know he's back in moto concepts and at least has a team to uh to kind of help him out with yeah 702-586 pulp here on the fly race and moto 60 show presented by infab chase stallo on the line from racer x online hey do you think that um um jordan smith will, will race this weekend do we know i don't know i don't i don't think so Okay. Um, I talked to their, one of the guys or the PR guy or whoever it was, and it seemed like he was going to try to race and then, or last weekend, and then they were kind of holding him back as far as, uh, it's going to do more, you know, there's nothing, nothing really to gain. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if you're holding him out the first round, probably going to hold him out the second round too, because I mean, he's already out of the championship. So mm-hmm. why rush him back now? Um, I don't think we'll see him this weekend, but and I, I'm not 100 percent on that. I would be surprised if we saw R.J. Hampshire too this weekend. Boy, did you see that? Did, yeah, it wasn't up for long, but it oh, did was it get pulled down? Oh, did it get pulled down? Yeah, he yeah, and I guess Alias had it up on theirs, mm-hmm. and he just reposted it, and then right. yeah, it got put down. But man, it was—I don't know how he raced. Right, um, that right. was fast. Yeah. Um, look, it's it's early, and I don't want to overreact, but let's overreact here. Uh, could Muskin sweep this thing? No. <laughs> okay. No. He was good. But he's good. He was Man, really good. He was good. really good. And the thing is, he wasn't just good in the main. He was no. good all day long. And you got to think, Muskin's, he's what, almost 25 or something, I think? Like, yeah. he's old yeah. um, compared to the rest of these guys. And, you know, he hasn't had that much Supercross experience. Like, he's been hurt. But, man, I don't think you can teach you know, his two world championships or, you know, uh, and 
2013 when he went on like a five race run. Right. Um, you can't teach that. So I think Bogle, Bogle and Martin are going to be the have to be the guys that that step up, or you know what I mean, that, mm-hmm. that find that extra little bit. Because um, I think they had they have championship experience as well. It's going to be tough for a guy like Savaji who has no you know experience like that um, to maybe push Muskin, but. Could he sweep? Sure. I don't. I don't think he will, though. Just like uh, this weekend, like the, he had the he had the restart, and you know he got a chance. Bogle got a chance to get right on him and everything, and and he just motored away. I, I'm just telling you, look, the odds are against it. I think only one guy's ever swept. That's RC. Um, wait, did Bubba sweep? No, Bubba didn't even sweep that one year. Um, it, it's 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 uh, it's going to be. He looks really good. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, he does. I mean, what's the word on Bogle, though? I mean, how I know Bogle's been saying he's healthy. Um, kind of like he said he was healthy coming into last year, mm-hmm. um, or as healthy as possible. Right. So, you know, let's give him a couple weeks to see exactly where he's going to be. Um, you know, last year he started off like 5 3, 5 6, um, and then really got hot down the stretch. So, you know, I, I don't I hate to put Bogle and Martin out already. Saying that they can't touch Muskin, so, but uh, man, he did look good. Yeah, he did. Uh, and I heard, uh, um, I heard that Jeremy Martin was a bit sick. Yeah, I heard that as well. I haven't, yeah. I haven't talked with anybody. I haven't talked with him personally, but yeah, right. I, I heard that floating around as well. So, um, um, and man, I think he's just got to be happy he made it to the main. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, right. Uh, all right, let's get to the phones here. Uh, Moser. Yeah, this is a uh, Corey Moser on the line. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not that familiar with you, but go ahead. Uh, yeah, long-time listener. Thank you. Caller. Thank you. Yeah, I really enjoy the show. Um, with the GP starting up here, I started thinking about all the different championships and titles that, you know, different people win. And so I was trying to rate, like, what what's, like, the most prestigious title? Supercross. You know, if you... Yeah, well, yeah, so I want you to go through and rate them all. This takes more than 15 seconds, so I had to call in instead of just asking for X brand. 450 SX. Yep. 450 MX. 250 MX. Moto. No, after 450 MX comes the MXGP title. Yep. Then 250 MX, then 250 SX, then 250 SX, and then MX2 world title. And then Manitoba titles. Yes, after that. I, I just yeah. think MX2 in Europe, how can it be classified as a, a, a world title? I mean, it is classified as a world. How can it be that important when there are age limits put on the class and you're not getting the best of the best and you have to move out of there uh, when you're 24 years old? So to me, that's, that's ridiculous. Um, MXGP, obviously the Caroli RV thing, they're world-class riders, both of them, and they could be number one in America. But generally speaking, the best riders from Europe uh, always look to head to America. We just got Kenny Roxon, Marvin Muskin, Tyler Rattray came over. Tonus is here now. So how can that series rank above the American series when, generally speaking, everyone is looking to get out as soon as they can get a decent ride in America? What do you think, Chase? Am I off there? Uh, yeah, I would go Australia, Canada. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, I think you're right. I, I don't think there's any way you can classify like you said the gps with american right now um 
20 years ago, maybe, um, you know, the roles were probably reversed a little bit, but, uh, now, I mean, you, Supercross is the biggest thing there is. Um, and then I think motocross is American motocross is, you know, second mm-hmm. right behind it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'd agree. What do you think of that, Moser? Is that, is that okay? Yeah, that's a, pretty much the same order I had them in. Right. I was curious. I, I thought that you always thought, the, you know, the 250 MX, you always rated that above the East or West. Oh, it is. Oh, it is. Absolutely it is, without a doubt. Yeah, I think it is too, but I don't think it – I think the general public thinks Supercross is more important. Well, the general public are idiots because – Well, I mean, I think a spo- if you ask the sponsor if they could have an East or West Supercross championship – or an outdoor national championship, I bet you the sponsor takes the Supercross championship. Uh, I think it depends what kind of sponsor you're talking about. If you're yeah. talking about an in-house sponsor like FMF or something like that, I think they'd rather have motocross. If you're talking about like Geico or Rockstar, yeah, they may Supercross may be bigger just because it reaches more of an audience. What about let's ask Sundell and Suns Concrete if they were sponsoring a 250 Supercross rider or 250 team? What does Sundell and Suns value more? 250 East Coast. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks. Not the West, just the East, though. East is stacked. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Typical tits. Thanks, Moser. Yeah, later. Thanks. See you. Kyle, you want to talk about Justin Barsha? Hello. Hi, Kyle. Hey, how's it going today, guys? Good. Thanks for calling. You want to talk about Justin Barsha? Yeah, you know, I'm a, uh, last couple of years, uh, I've been a big Barsha fan, and I kind of feel like you on the uh you know you were uh predicting his uh, his uh several wins last year and i'm just uh i mean it look he looks even worse now on the yamaha and so what well, do you think i mean is there i, I don't think kyle i don't think way? i don't think he looks worse on the yamaha but certainly his early season results on the yamaha were about the same as they were last year on the honda and not like his rookie year on the honda 450 um, so I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. We got a call earlier about him too. Um, now he's hurt chase. Now he kind of starts at zero when he comes back. I mean, it's tough to jump in and it's, you know, I'm going to be careful to, to not judge him as being a, a bad signing or anything because he's been hurt now. Yeah. And I don't think he had enough races beforehand to say he's been a bad signing. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he was Honda forever. Um, you know, it wasn't like he was just, there for a couple of years. I mean, he was there from like, and when he was on eighties, I think, um, I mean, I could be wrong on that, but no, he, know, was, I mean, he was he there was. for a long time. So I think it's probably a bigger adjustment. And then you got to think he got hurt in Geneva too. So he missed some time there. So, um, I say we need to wait and see, uh, if he comes back and struggles outdoors too, um, we may be able to say that, but uh, you know, I, I just don't think we've seen enough of a sample size yet. I don't even have the panic button pulled out. At all? No, no. Right. It's in the pocket, man. It's in the pocket. So yeah. Now, all right, Kyle. Thanks, man. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Fly racing, Moto sixty show presented by NFAB. Chase Stallo on the line here for the last couple of minutes here, wrapping up two fifty East talk. Chase, uh, uh, give me your biggest disappointment from the two fifty East opener at Dallas. You know, I was looking through the results, and I mean, I really didn't see a huge one. Um, maybe AJ Cantero. I thought he would be better than he was. I mean, he he just made the main, um, mm-hmm. and I think he'll he'll be better. Um, but man, it's like there's really not much. Um, 
I guess you could point to Davos, but man, he he wrecked. So <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, you, you know, um, so I, I don't know. I, I really don't have one. It's amazing that Davos couldn't couldn't pull it together. It's amazing. He was there. He just he was there it too early, man. And he, just, he was right there, right where he needed to be. Just washed out again. Um, well, if you, yeah, if you look at it, it looks like he almost hit Fogel's back tire coming out of there. You um, think? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, that's what it looked like, anyways. Right. Uh, do you think Tone? I have a bet with an industry person that Tonus wins a race. Am I going to lose this bet? Man, ugh, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly. I, I mean, I've watched him race GPs, but I've never, you know, other than last weekend, I've seen him race at Supercross, and, damn, he is good. Um, you mm-hmm. know, at five rounds from now, is he going right. to be three times better? Maybe, right. man. I, You know, I, I'd, say you're, I'd say you're about a 50-50 chance. Uh, A-Rod, A-Rod from Star Racing ran third for a long time, and then he fell and ended up, uh, I think he fell twice, but he ended up man. getting 13th. But... I, had, I had about four tweets locked and loaded for you, man, <laughs> telling you that, I told you, and then I couldn't fire him off though because I didn't know. <laughs> I was waiting. I was like, man, even like he was like getting down to like lap eight, and I was like, man, I still don't know. And of but, course, but the, the thankfully for him, his crashes weren't of the of the gnarly, um, gnarly kind, which they sometimes were a lot. Um, yeah, you know, so yeah, it, they weren't that bad, but it was it was and, tip overs and stuff, and he and he showed some speed, and and I think it was an I think it was a good race for him. I do. Oh, it was a great race. I yeah. mean, was it kind of surprised? What surprised me though is it, he would withstood all that pressure from Sabachi and Martin and Lemoyne, and then I mean, it had to be a, just a lapse in you know mental concentration. Like after all that, then he just tips over. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Because um, man, he was solid for what was it you know more than half the race. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what I was pointing to when we had talked about the preview. That that's kind of how he is. I mean, he's super fast, but Right. And he can blow up your fantasy team in about two turns. Yeah. Um, but man, I, you know, if he can find a way to kind of harness all that, you know, man, Star Racing's, which is funny, uh, probably has one of the best looking rosters out there right now with Webb and Martin and Plessinger and Rodriguez. Yeah, kind of kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, Stalo, thanks for coming on the show. Always a good time. Always appreciate it. Are you coming to Atlanta? No, Daytona for me, man. Daytona. All right. Yeah. Uh, we might have the NFAB suite again. Just FYI, nice. working on that. So, nice work your magic, dude. We need it. I know. We need to work badly. It's like impossible to work there. <laughs> All right, thanks, Chaser. All right, thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right, see ya. All right, everybody. Another terrific edition of the uh, Fly Racing Moto Sixty Show presented by NFAB. Flyracing.com. N-Fab.com. Lots of calls today. Thanks for your calls. Thanks to NFAB for the tickets to Atlanta. We're going to give away another pair next week for for Atlanta too. And then uh, thanks to Fly for the helmet. That's awesome. 3-4 helmet. Mario. Good question by Mario. Tits. Tits. Yes. Thank you. From the bottom of my heart. I truly appreciate that. 250 East Supercross title. That's where the money's at. All right. Best bang for your buck. See everybody next week. <laughs>